Hey everybody, welcome back to Going for Two with Jack Taylor. My name is Jack Taylor. My name's Hunter too. And we are two weekends into SEC play, and it is just no fun to be a Mississippi State baseball fan right now, so we really appreciate you coming on and listening to this episode. I'm not sure what you're expecting us to say, but um, we're going to get into it in a little while, talking about the Vanderbilt series, talking about what we think should happen moving forward as we go even further into SEC play, and um, just downhill is what it seems like but yeah, we'll, we'll uh, talk about seat me for like three weeks ago being like i can't wait for three weeks in the sec play <laughs> something big is happening this weekend in three weeks ago hunter's mind um so yeah um what we're going to talk about the coaching situation obviously i mean that that's the elephant in the room like who should be fired should anybody be fired um who should we bring in if someone is fired so uh, we're obviously going to get into all that and we we didn't post a prompt for instagram questions because we kind of figured that's what all the questions would be about so um we're going to get into all that talking about the vanderbilt series and what what things are going to look like moving forward um But first, let's start out with some AI motivation. This will be our only episode for the week, so I know this is usually a Friday morning tradition, but we're going to just have it now because it's our favorite thing to do, Um, and we didn't want to miss an opportunity to to get (laughs) AI to give us a little motivation. So here we go. Some fans are right and justified. They want to see a change. They, They know the pitching coach is to blame. They want him out of range. He can't develop pitchers, he can't fix their flaws, he can't handle the pressure, he can't follow the laws. He should be fired, (laughs) he should be shown the door, he should be replaced by someone else, he should be gone for sure. That's really fair, that's really wise, that's really the solution, that's really the prize. He doesn't need more time, he doesn't need more support, he doesn't need more patience, and he doesn't need more report. Firing him is the answer, (laughs) Firing him is the key. Firing him is the best move. Firing him is the way to be. <laughs> Can you believe that the university we graduated from gave us a platform and like gave us a shout out? And now we're saying this about one of their employees. No, we're not saying this, this is AI. This is AI. Yeah. AI. I mean, I'm just. You're I'm just, just reading, guys. I'm just an unbiased reader. Um. Are you going to read it from Scott Foxhall's perspective? Do, I, do you want me to? Yes. <laughs> from Scott Foxhall's perspective. Um, I'm the pitching coach of the Bulldogs. I have a tough job to do. I have to train and guide my pitchers. I have to help them through. I know we're in a slump. I know we're losing games. I know we're giving up too many runs. I know we're facing blames. and But I'm doing my best. <laughs> I'm working hard every day. I'm trying to find solutions. I'm trying to find a way. I love this team and this program. I love this sport and game. I love this challenge and this opportunity. I love this passion and this flame. I don't want to be fired. I don't want to be let go. (laughs) I don't want to be replaced by someone else. I don't want to be a no-show. I want to stay and fight. I want to stay and improve. I want to stay and succeed. I want to stay and groove. (laughs) Well, there you go. Um. <laughs> All right. That's the best segment. <laughs> like, I I don't know if people like it or not, but it's... <laughs> regardless, we're gonna continue it. It's the best thing. All right. So we're gonna look back at this Vanderbilt series and um, 
honestly, from the very beginning, it was just ugly. I mean, you can look at the final scores, and obviously, yeah, it was it was bad. But there was decision making in all three games that really just, I mean, it it was just poorly played, poorly pitched. We we hit poorly, we pitched poorly, we defended poorly, coached poorly. It was all bad. I mean, every aspect of the weekend was bad. And Sunday, obviously, it was it was close, but we're still going to talk about some some ways that it was mismanaged pitching wise. Um, and yeah, I mean, Vanderbilt just killed us. So I'm going to go ahead and get into some of this. Okay. So right, right now, 0-6 in SEC play. It is our worst start since 1952. Um, this time last year, just I, this is just a little little deep dive I did. This time last year, obviously, we're 3-3 three and three in SEC play. We had lost a series to Georgia and, bat, and bounced back and won our home opener against Alabama, won that series. Um at this point last year, in all games, not just SEC play, but in all games, we had a plus 74 run differential, meaning that we were outscoring our opponents by 74 runs total, like in all games. Not that we were beating every team by 74 runs, but that's where our total run differential was. Um, and we had committed 12 errors. Um, right now, we have a plus six run differential, which this weekend really put a damper on that. Um obviously, uh, and we've committed 35 errors as a team. We have already committed more errors this year than all of last year, um, and that was a team, one of the best defending teams in college baseball history, by the way, but um, yeah, that team finished dead last in the SEC, so, um, and we've already, two weekends into the year, into the SEC play, we've already surpass them in the number of errors that we make yeah it's not too um, good um if i'm being honest that doesn't sound great not too good no um 209th in team era um out of like just over 300 teams so not great there 225th in fielding percentage so we give up a lot of earned runs uh and then commit a lot of errors so we're giving up a lot of unearned runs as well um it's a, it's a nasty combo Man, this is. Uh, we give up 55 runs on the weekend. We scored. Let me do some quick math. Scored 15, I think. We got outscored by 40 runs. Um, uh, but gave up 55 runs. 24 of those were from starting pitchers, 31 of those were from the bullpen. Um, in 2021, it took us 20 games to give up that many runs, the, the amount of runs that we gave up in uh, three games to Vanderbilt. It took us 20 games in 2021. That was obviously helped out by like a four-game shutout streak, which was nuts. But, um, yeah, that's that's how much different the pitching staffs are uh, two years ago to right now. Um, <sighs> this weekend, we walked 28 batters. We gave up 46 hits and we committed five errors, and it like it truly did seem like anytime they got somebody on base, especially in the scoring position, they scored. Like they made us, they made us pay for every single mistake that we made. Any anytime Enrique Bradfield Jr. got on base, like I have it down here, he got on base ten times in the weekend, five on hits, five on walks. He scored nine times. 
He's on base 10 times. He scored nine of those. And he only sold two bases on the weekend. So, like, they were just – it was hit after hit after hit after hit. Like, they, it wasn't like he was just manufacturing runs by himself, like stealing second, third, and then a sack fly gets him home. I mean, like, he didn't have to steal. He didn't have to do anything. That's, the, that's like, his contribution to the team, and he didn't even have to do it to be effective. He – Came into the weekend with one home run and hit two of them against us. Um, so, um, if if it sounds like we're just being overly negative, how could we not be? Um, I have a couple more things here, and then I'll I'll just I'll let you talk. But I'm just gonna go through it. We um, of their 46 hits, which is ridiculous. That's a ton of hits. That's over 15 per game. Um, 19 were for extra bases, 12 home runs, and 7 doubles. Um, I've already talked about Enrique Enrique Bradfield Jr., but Parker Nolan is SEC Player of the Week. He had 8 hits, 3 home runs, 2 grand slams just on the Friday game, um, and had 14 RBIs on the weekend. Um, Yeah, I mean, up and down their lineup. I mean, guys were getting hits. um, I think 6 different guys hit home runs. Um, I mean, and this this team wasn't great offensively. <laughs> yeah, they woke up against Ole Miss. Like they had sixteen home runs going into SEC play, and now they have nineteen just in the last two weekends. Uh, Twelve of those against us. Um, I I really don't know. Like what 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 to say? But could you do you want to touch on us? offensively a little bit um yeah we we can't hit with runners on base like we, we can get them there like everyone knows like we walk a lot but we get a guy on second or first and we're grounding out the second base it's just yeah. that's that's how it is like i i know it's like not great that they were down the whole time but i mean at some point you still have to do offense, so. Right. I mean, being down that much, you kind of kind of do more offense. You would assume it's not like you're actually gonna come back. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Any t- and then any time that we actually get momentum and like, okay, we we got like one or two across. That's a response homer the other way. Right. And so it's like it doesn't didn't mean anything that week so yeah and like i i didn't come into this weekend expecting vanderbilt to be bad i mean obviously both of me and you expected us to lose this series we neither of us predicted a sweep but we were we weren't we were be completely shocked to like fast forward the weekend and, and see that we got swept again it's just the, the matter of like how we got swept obviously being outscored by 40 runs on the weekend is is just absolutely crazy because we're two years removed from a team that did, like had that opposite mentality. Like this team just seems to fold, and the other, like twenty twenty one team, um, they did what Vanderbilt did this weekend. Anytime another team got a run or two across, Tanner Allen would come up. It's always seemed like he would come up to the plate, like first or second in the next inning, and hit a response home run to like ensure that momentum did not swing too far the other way. Um, and I, I, I don't know 
for Vanderbilt, if it was a mentality thing for them, or I mean, our, our pitching probably is just that bad. Like they didn't have to have some like crazy mentality to be able to go up there and, and scratch another run across to, to cancel ours out. But I mean, it's just like we we could not string together any consistent inning at all. And any time we did get momentum, especially in the Saturday game, um, which was close and. For the majority, I, I would say until the ninth inning, obviously they put up a nine spot and made it eighteen to five. Um, but like that, that game was within reach a lot of the game, and we grounded into three double plays in that one. I think all three of them inning ending. So like, any t- we would get runners on base and just couldn't do anything with them. And then three three times in that game, like I said, um, got double plays to to really obviously just kill the momentum. Um, there's just n- nothing that we could do. Yeah, all weekend, and and, and I mean, I, I guess that'll take us into like the decision making on the pitching stuff. Um, Saturday, th- that was winnable. Um, like before the before the fifth and sixth inning, Gartman gave us four strong, one run. I mean, heck, that from Gartman. Okay, cool. Like we're good, and even the fifth, giving up two, like perfectly fine. But then we tried to put him out there for the sixth. And he gives up five runs, and at that point, it's like, okay, are, are we trying to win this game? Because Dom was, like, getting ready in the bullpen, like, yeah. right before then. And then Garman, obviously, his, like, fourth time through the lineup is getting touched because it's Landon Gartman, and, yeah. like, that's just not going to work out. And we left him in there too late. And then we put in KC. KC is is okay for like his two innings. We try to stretch him, and then it gets bad. And then we put in Tyler Davis. He doesn't record an out. <laughs> like, yeah. And then Aaron Nixon comes in to close it. Like it's, and hey, we just... punted on that game to win game three. And then didn't win game three. <laughs> like Yeah, like we, we saved Dom for um saved Dom uh was available. Sierra was available. Um Lofton reportedly was available. I, I I was at the game, I didn't see him go to the bullpen, but he could have just been down there for the whole game. Um but like we punt on the first game and I, I completely understand that because, you know, Drangelo gives up uh Two home runs in the first inning. It's three to three to one going into the second inning, and they just hang a crooked number. It's ten to one in the third inning. Um, I, with our offensive struggles, I don't think that's a, a game that's in within reach. So punting on that game is perfectly fine. Um, say whatever you want. I mean, just Durangelo just got shelled by a really good offense. Um, punting on that one is something that I, we've seen this coaching staff do several times before even in 2021 i mean friday night games just don't go your way sometimes but and that's that's understandable like yeah you still have this you still have the series um like it's as crazy as it sounds like i i went into saturday being like we could honestly win the series i know 26 to 3 looks crazy but i mean we just threw freshman pitchers at, the, at that point i mean we didn't throw anybody out there that i had really any faith in anyway it was odd that they gave up 26 runs, but again, I mean, we punted on the game, so I expected it. Saturday, like I said, Gartman should have come out after five five innings, 
And if you send him out there for the sixth, great. But the second that he gets a base runner on, you have to take him out. Like, you have to. That's just, like, at that point, I, I could make better. And it's not even hindsight 2020. It's not a, it's not a situation It's in the where, moment we were talking about. Like, I, I was like, okay, why are we sending Gartman out for the sixth? He, I think, walks a batter or gives up a single or something. Um, like, okay, now you got to get him out. Lamonis still just sitting there, um, knowing that we have guys up in the bullpen. Uh, he lets you know five runs come across on a couple of home runs, and I'm just like at at eight to one now. It's just kind of like it was on Friday in the third inning. Like it's it's a game that's out of reach when it was just three to one, um, and then we scored right after all that. Like, yeah, it's, um, it's so frustrating. Yeah, we. Like you said, we battled back, made it a 9-5 to game. KC comes back out for a third inning. He gives up four runs. Um, when we had Dom, we had Lofton, we had Sierra, um, we had Colby Holcomb, you know, and obviously we, we saw Holcomb um, and we saw Dom on, on Sunday. So, like, obviously we were saving him for something. But, I mean, a, coach's, a coaching staff coming into a weekend, you, you can punt one game and that's fine because you, you – as long as you think that you can, you know, you're saving those pitchers for a good reason, right? Um, but going into a weekend series, a home series, where you're supposed to be bouncing back from a really embarrassing weekend last weekend, and it's just like their mentality was, as long as we as long as long we win one game, right? And, like, I, I don't, I, the cheesy, like, Mississippi State, it's different around here, like, I, I don't think that should ever be a Mississippi State baseball team's mentality. It's like, just win one on the weekend. I, I, I legitimately feel confident, except maybe against Arkansas, just because there's some weird voodoo there. <laughs> but, like, I feel confident going into every weekend, until pretty much now, um, that, you know, we could we can go in and win a series. I mean, it would not surprise me if we won a series against any of the team that we played last year, uh, especially not in 2021 or years before that. But like now, I'm I'm surprised if we are gonna go in and win one game because our coaching staff goes in with the mentality of well, we we at least got to win one, and that's just so weak. And yeah. it was obvious from the way that the pitching was handled that that's that's what the coaches were thinking. Should we get into the, I, I guess maybe more egregious one that that you yeah. that you watched firsthand. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Um, I, I'll lead up to the moment. Um, okay. So so Nate Dom starts um, the Sunday game. Um, you know we saved him for this. Let, let's let's get after it. Does doesn't go great uh, to to say the least. Um, he goes uh, four. In, oh wait, wrong one. Uh, five and a third, eight hits, seven earned runs. But we're kind of in this one. Like at least like you have to be in this one. It's all it's all you have left. Um, after the fourth, uh, we're we're six three, right there. Um, and then Jack, uh, who who comes in to pitch? Graham Itama. A- after <laughs> his his role on this team was the Saturday starter until we realized that all he does is walk hitters and give up home runs. Like he did it against Oklahoma. Evan Sierra was available. Colby Holcomb. Available. Like I, I can understand. Available. Like I understand the thought process. If 
They just wanted a left-handed batter, or they just wanted a left-handed pitcher. I don't know if it was for matchups or just, you know, they've been seeing this hard-throwing right-hander for six innings now, so now let's let's show them a, a left-handed pitcher. But if that's the case, Bradley Lofton exists, and he was in the bullpen. I mean, this that's what you've been working up to with Lofton. Um, I know he has command issues, but he's a better pitcher than Graham Itama. He's the best um, pitcher on our staff. He, he just walks so, some people. Yeah. So Aintema, uh promptly walks a batter, hits a batter, and then gives up a three-run home run. Now, instead of 6-3, to three, like it was uh, when Dom came in for the sixth, uh, it is now 11-3. to three. And once again, out of reach. And what are you going to do, punt on this game? You know, it's the third game of the series, and you've already punted the first two. Um, so that was no fun. <laughs> And, of course, after that, we see um, Colby Holcomb, who finishes the game strong, doesn't give up a run in how, how many innings? I think three and a third. Three and a third, yeah. Um, I just, I mean, it was obvious to me this weekend that our coaching staff had the mentality of do not get swept. and They got swept. They got swept. I mean, that that's just total mismanagement of pitching staff um, and – Obviously, I mean, there's there's some some things wrong offensively too. Um, I mean, not uh, any inability to string hits together is is wild. Um, I know SEC pitching staffs are crazy, but SEC hitters are supposed to be good, um, and these are supposed to be really really good. But I, our hitters in 2021, our hitters in 2022, and our hitters now should never be expected to have to score. Um, 56 runs in a in a series to outscore an opponent. I mean, that's just that's just crazy. I mean, they would get a I mean, the offense would get us into striking distance, and heck, the the starting pitchers in in some way would get us into would keep us in striking distance. But I mean, Landon Gartman is just not going to be sharp a fourth time through the lineup. He's really fourth not great third. three times through a lineup, like. but like. He did what he could. I'm not at all blaming him for, for what happened. Nate Dom, not a starting pitcher, and he he did a fine job through five innings. I mean, I wish he would have six, given me that f- five innings on Saturday. Right. I mean, six runs through five innings from a Sunday starter. What the heck? I mean, that's that's what you expect. And he was stringed out too long. <laughs> I know. We said starting pitchers gave up 24 runs on the weekend. That's not great, but they're not really. What lost us the game? It's it's there were we it could have been managed. Yeah, if if they had come out when they were supposed to, um, the I mean the the series would have gone out gone completely different. Um, I'm not saying that we would have won this series if me or you had been the head coach pitching coach duo. We would have gotten one. Yeah, and I I say that. I never, I'm never perfect on like, oop, I wouldn't have done that, but I was perfect on this week. Like, yeah, (laughs) I don't, I don't understand. I mean, it is, it's bad. And then after that on Monday night, Coach Lamonis had to go to walk-ons and explain what happened this weekend to people. And I didn't watch this press conference. I didn't watch dog talk or whatever, but I mean, that, that has to be tough. And he was good on Hey Dad show that day. Like he was really? like, it was a really good interview from him. 
So, so well, is this the part where we talk about what what we should do? I want to talk about one thing real quick. Like, obviously, coaching is a big thing, um, but another thing is like leadership from the players is obviously lacking at this point. Obviously, there could have already been some sort of like players only meeting. Um, that, but usually when that happens, it gets reported about um, from somewhere, somewhere or another. Like we hear about it, haven't heard about that, and I think I heard about that last year. So obviously, it doesn't always work. But I remember twenty twenty one. There was a rough patch for the team, and Tanner Allen and Riley Self just took it upon themselves. Tanner Allen said, "I'll get the hitters. Riley, you get the pitchers, and we're going to get this thing sorted out." And we started playing the best baseball that we have had played all year. And obviously we won a national championship that year. There's not a Tanner Allen or a Riley Self on this team. And Luke Hancock has a C on his chest to to be that. And he's just not. And I, I think that having a captain on the team was a good idea. But he's, he's just not the guy. Um, yeah. And uh, just like the team took a fishing, like like Lamonis gave them like two days to just like take a break from baseball, told them to go fishing or whatever after the SEC tournament in 21. I think this team needs to take a fishing trip. Um, Get the boys maybe fishing. To like, what? Get the boys go fishing. Maybe just to like the Bermuda Triangle and maybe your baseball season just doesn't and whatever that would be um, the old miss way yeah right ocean um, conditions were too bad to... <laughs> um yeah but i mean there's just no i'm getting no leadership from the coaches or the players and that is just a bad place to be for a baseball team um oh yeah oh, oh yeah oh yeah <clears throat> um i do want to talk about <clears throat> On the Sunday game, which at that point, you know, didn't really matter because we mismanaged everything. Um, Foxhall comes out to talk to um, Holcomb in the ninth inning. And Holcomb yells at him and basically says, get back in the dugout. Um, so, so that was cool. And then Holcomb got out of the jam that he created because he's a big boy. He's a good pitcher. Just let him pitch. Um so, Holcomb has uh, gone up the power rankings of my favorite pitchers. Him and Bradley. <laughs> right. I mean, I I can understand, like, I don't really know what Foxhall even tells, hitter, tells pitchers when he comes out to the mound, because, like, what, what could it possibly be? I remember... One time he went out to the mound to Jackson Fristo when we were playing Auburn, and we had scored like nine runs in the first inning. So like Fristo was just playing with a nine-run lead in the second inning and just could not throw strikes. And I figured that that one was a pretty heated one that was just like, can you not just throw strikes? Like you have a nine-run lead. It I've doesn't matter if you hit a home run. mound meeting work like three times, and I'm pretty sure they were all with C-Mac. Right. It'd be like, oops, C-Mac accidentally walked the bases loaded. Well, I guess he's going to have to be three Ks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, 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 
I don't know what the mound meetings look like. I can obviously assume that they don't work for everybody the same way. Um, and maybe Holcomb is just a guy that doesn't really need them or appreciate them or whatever. Probably There's got to be a better way to before. like to like convey that. Um, Cause like that's not gonna put them up the the yeah, they power rankings for them at least. But um, the fact that he got out of his jam after doing that does help his case a little bit. Because if you do that and then get shelled, it's a bad look. But all he around. still got chewed out in the dugout after. Well, right, because he showed up as coach. Like yeah. I, I agree yeah. with that. I, I get that. The coach, um, the coach also just mismanaged the game and made it. He did. He did. I get it, but so does Foxhall make all the? Because I've heard that like Foxhall is like in charge of what pitchers come in. Like that's not Chris's thing. Is it? Is he in charge of when they come in too? Uh, I believe. I, I I'm not sure on that one. Okay, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it has to go through Chris at at, at some, some point because he's the one that walks out there. But um, yeah, what. It, now I guess is a good time as any to to get into what you think should happen, because last week or maybe the week before when the question was asked, I said that my thought was that at the end of the year Lamonis would get a chance to recreate his staff and um, make it work on his own, like get rid of Fox Hall, get rid of Gochero if he wants to. I mean I guess Cheesebro could go too, um, but Lamonis should have that option now. I I know that Vanderbilt is a good team. If they had swept us in one, two, three run games each time and, and it's just, you know, they're a better team than us, so be it. And Lamonis would I, I'd still be on his side for the most part. Like I'd give him a chance to to fix what what's gone wrong. Now I'm just like he's gotta change something drastically for me to and other fans to think that he has a chance to stay after this year, yeah, or stay to the end of this year. I mean, I don't know what what's going to happen. Can we just like fire Foxall and bring in like Riley Self as pitching coach, like unironically? <laughs> He's a pitching coach somewhere. Isn't yeah, he? yeah, I'm sure. Like, like I'm sure he would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> like why not? It's not like we're like. Unless, like, Roy Oswald will do it, I guess. Yeah. See, Sabathia was at the games this week. Um, maybe he could do it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what we do. I don't really want Gotro, but the guys that he has brought in have been, like, pretty, like, like they have potential, which is cool, but they're also young, so can't really say anything about it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I guess in all of this, I don't really know what Lamonis' role with the baseball team is. We we um, have been asking what does Chris Lamonis do, like ironically, for three years. We were we were kind of early on that. Like he was in the dugout in Omaha, winning a national championship, and me and you were like, "What is what? What, what he exactly do? does he do?" He sat on a bucket with an MLB logo on it for a couple years, and now he's upgraded to one with a Wilson logo on it. He makes the lineups. He at least signs them. Um, he goes to the little meetings over home. Yeah, like, but if his job is recruiting, 
Like, I guess he's done a good job. If his job is development, he's done a terrible job. Yeah. Uh, and he's like... Because I, 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 to this day, I think that there's talent on this baseball team that is SEC caliber. Well, that's why everyone's also confused about it. No one's like, yeah, we knew they were going to be this bad. But it's yeah, because, like, I mean, like, the returning players, I mean, Luke Hancock, say what you want. I mean, his batting average is going to be, you know, or it's, it's in the 300s right now, and he gets on base over half the time. I mean, Hunter Hines is, like, good. Crazy good. Um, Kellen Clark, Hunter Hines, uh, Lane Forsythe has surpassed everybody's expectations. Like, the returning guys are good. The freshmen are are good. The transfers that we've gotten, Amani Larry and Colton Ledbetter at the top of the order, I mean, hitting over 300, they're good. Um, Husek now, good. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, Drangelo has gotten hit around and, and bit, shot himself in the foot in the past couple SEC weekends, but, like, he's a freak of nature, and we know that he's going to be a good pitcher. Like, the players that we have are good, but there's no I – don't, I don't see any, like, urge to develop them, and – their talents are not being used in the best possible way. So, like, I, if I can see these things, I know that an athletic director can. And poor Zach Selman, like, first act as athletic director, may have maybe fire a head coach that brought you to your school that's only national championship. Like, that is a horrible place to be. And... But I, I don't I don't know if things don't change and it's just gross mis- mismanagement of really talented players. I you don't really deserve a to be the head coach of the school with the best facilities in the country. Yeah, I mean, and I know it sounds harsh, and I never want to be the guy on Twitter or guy like screaming and vocally saying that somebody should lose their job because I mean, no other profession in the world. Or people like screaming at you and tweeting at you like that, but I'm pretty sure the U.S. president, um, Jack. Well, yeah, <laughs> but at least in that case, half the country believes that you <laughs> can do no wrong. Everybody in this situation thinks that he's in the wrong, except for the bus driver. Except for the bus driver, good, good, good pull there. Um, we are a spoiled fan base. Mm-hmm. For not wanting to put up with being last, dead last in the SEC. Spoiled fan base. That's what Nick Saban was talking about. Don't you know Alabama was dead last in the SEC at that moment? Don't Don't you remember when Alabama was um, 0-6 in SEC play? <laughs> Spoiled fans. Don't you remember when Chris Limonis won seven national titles? Also, why does that guy have, like, why is his left field lounge, like, Twice as big as everyone's. Um, I'm sure he's been there for a while. Apparently he has said some, he created it. Has some pull with athletic department. He said he started it. I'm sure he was out there when it was new. Mm. I don't know. I don't I'm, not, I'm not against the bus driver. But I'm against the bus driver fans. right now. Right now. I mean, one, one bad take, you know. Um, also, him after the old myth, after the Egg Bowl win was a little weird. What was he doing? Um, he said, "There's there's only one thing better than this, and I'm gonna get to that tonight." Yeah, that was <laughs> that was weird from a very old man. That was weird. Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna sugarcoat that. that like, I'm pretty bizarre. sure that made Dylan Johnson transfer. 
<laughs> I can handle being called not tough, but I don't want to hear my bus driver allude to having sex. Um. Anyway, um, this weekend was bad, mm-hmm. and there's no there's no other way around that. I, I still think that in the next twenty four SEC games, that there's um a chance that Chris Lamonis could uh get back in the good graces of at least some Mississippi State fans. Um, of course, you have to win at least one of the 24 games. Um, but going 0-30 in SEC play is pretty much the kiss of death. But 1-29, you know, is at least going 2-28 because we're winning the Ole Miss series. Yeah, somehow. that's kind of crazy. But anyway, like there's, I still think there's a chance that we he'll be our coach next year. Fox Hall, I don't think so. Um, and Gotro, I, I I think Gotro could be here. I mean, do you do you think that's too far off? No, like, in, unless unless the deal is just like you have to clean house and start over, which I mean that that's going to be tough for recruiting. So I don't I don't think the AD is just going to like put that on the table. But like, have we thought about having the warrior mentality? <laughs> one thing that has to happen is we have to be a we have to adopt war stick next like, year. It, it just has to happen at this point. Like, mm. and we have to start meaning it when we beat our chest with two strikes. That's yeah. the. I mean, that's there. I see too many guys doing it nonchalantly these days. <laughs> People forget like, that I, of that of. That if Jake hits a home run in Omaha against Auburn, we lose that game. Also, I was proud of Auburn. They did the exact same thing we did in Omaha to them. They did it to Georgia the other day. Look at them. Just just the same. Just hit it at the Canadian. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Same exact consequences. Georgia lost the first game in Omaha, right? Um, this is a weird well, podcast. <laughs> Anyway, we won a game against Samford tonight. Um, we had a really the, bad, um, like, the, there, was a, there was a weird rundown where a runner scored from third. Like, we allowed a run to score? Yeah. We had, um, it was a Husack kind of bad throw to first. Um, Hines doesn't catch it because he's Hunter Hines. Um, one run scores, then we get in a rundown in between first and third, and then in the middle of the rundown, um, Hines tosses it to Larry, um, the guy's right next to him, there are two outs at this point, so he doesn't tag him, or at least it was, he like tried and he didn't, so he looks home, pauses for a second, throws home. Hancock drops it. Uh, another run scores. So the C doesn't yeah. stand for catch. Um. <laughs> yeah, we 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 end up winning that game, but we still don't have a third baseman who can play errorless baseball. Um, I think two errors. The, I, th- I think he's the move, though. I think. Yeah. Hypothetically. I mean, in his very limited chances. Um, at the plate, at least. He's got two home runs, which is more than 
Slade Alford and Marshawn uh, combined. So um, if only for a chance of offense, Husek is the is the guy. Yeah. Um, and he made like a really cool play uh, when I was there on Sunday. A ball just got smoked at him, and he just smothered it. So that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, we beat Sanford tonight, so losing streak is over. The three-game losing streak. Whew, that was that was one that I wasn't very excited about. I yeah. didn't really care about the Sanford game. Um, do want to look back at um, our at some other big games that happened uh, on, over the weekend, uh, and then we're gonna just look slightly ahead to our weekend against South Carolina. We're not gonna do a big deep dive into it just because this team doesn't really deserve that right now, um, but. So we're going to look at the, the ranked matchups and the big mid-major matchup that we had and we talked about last week. So Arkansas, they win the weird pitcher's duel on Friday. Um, Paul Skeens went against, uh, do you know that Friday night starter for I Arkansas? I forgot, but it was, um, it was the relief pitcher for Arkansas that made that one really good. Right, yeah. Is it Higgins? Um, I think that's right, yeah. I think he's a relief um, for them. But Arkansas wins that one. They go to extra innings. It tied like three to three to three or something, and they ended up hanging a eight spot. Um, or a, Christian Little. Yeah, they they hit a grand slam and a three run home run. I think in that um, in that tenth inning, so they win that one in a pretty lopsided extra innings win, which is weird. Um, but then. LSU outscores them 26 to seven the next two games. Um, so Arkansas drops the series in Baton Rouge. Um, moving over to the ACC, Wake Forest, um, they sweep Miami and they only allow two runs on the weekend. So Jeez. really, really sh- strong um, weekend for them as the number two team in the country. They proved that they kind of deserved it. So shut Wake me Forest, you up not for frauds. Wake Forest actually good. That's weird. Um, <laughs> Ole Miss sharing in our misery. They get swept by Florida. Jack Caglione hit four home runs to give him 17 on the year. Um, record The record for BB Corbats is uh, 32 in a year by Ivan Melendez at Texas. It really puts to shame um, Brent Rooker winning a triple crown with 23 home runs in <laughs> 2017. Was the that game 32 last year? Yeah. Okay. The game has changed quite a bit, but um, hey, Brent Rooker was just here at the right time. Um, South Carolina, they sweep Missouri to move to 6-0 and in SEC play. Missouri comes off the, the series sweep against Tennessee and uh, gets swept, but um, maybe they're just a home. Is that the weirdest 3-3? Three and three? <laughs> That is bizarre, yeah. Anybody that you ask would have, would have said it would have been the other way around. Um, or if, like if there two- wouldn't be sweeps like. yeah if two sweeps were involved obviously it would be the other way around but yeah i don't that is that is really really weird um so south carolina leading the leading the country in home runs i think um if they are right yeah either them or florida i thought they're 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 number one yeah so they're them and lsu seeming like the teams to beat even though south carolina is undefeated in sec play and LSU's dropped one, so hot seat LSU. Um, Tennessee sweeps A&M. They get back on track, so Missouri and Tennessee uh, just kind of 
flip the results from last weekend. Uh, A&M now 1-5 in SEC play, but they have had a really tough start um, with, with two really good teams. And then moving out of the, the ranked matchups, we did have uh, UTSA winning two out of three against Rice to move to 20-5 and five, uh, overall and 5-1 and one in Conference USA play. Um, UTSA has moved up to number seven in the mid-major rankings, according to 11.7. Um, Campbell still holds the top spot, I'm pretty sure. But UTSA um, seems to be like the, the front runner in Conference USA, uh, which was kind of dominated by... Southern Miss and La Tech the past couple of years, so kind of fun to see a new, um, new front runner there. But um, that's going to do it for the um, matchups from last weekend. And as we look forward to this weekend, uh, Mississippi State is going to host South Carolina, who is the best team in the SEC, arguably, uh, best home run hitting team, and they're coming to Duty Noble Field, which is a launch pad. Um, Hopefully, the wind's going the other way. You know that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, Tennessee so, um, and LSU were playing. That's pretty Tennessee neat. Tennessee and LSU, that's crazy good matchup. Any other good ones? Um, well, let, me, let me do a little scroll through. Okay. Um, so I I don't really know what the expectation for this series should be. I mean, um, I know we just talked about how weak of a mentality it is to go in hoping you can just win one. But for coaches, I, I think it's, it's unacceptable to have that. But for a, a podcast who has – who can just have unbiased, realistic expectations? Um, you know, if we win one, I'll I would be surprised. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with my prediction. Um, we'll win whatever whatever game Lofton starts. Okay, I'm yeah. I'm just gonna say we get swept, just in case the mojo of um, me saying we'll win anything is, is what's causing us to lose. Um, I, I don't know what to expect. I, like I said, I'm, I'm not going to put in the effort to like look, look into what South Carolina's pitching looks like and whatever, but just because, you know, it probably not going to end up mattering. But um, Wait, it's next week? Uh, Ole Miss hates, No, that's not Ole Miss hate week. Dang. That's th- two weeks from now? Three weeks from now? That's fun. But, um, yeah, we just... We have the talent to win. Um Pitching talent might not be there. Like, we might not. We I know we don't have just a crazy deep staff. Um, Maybe we can get. It's some gonna guys be hard back. for us. Maybe what? Maybe we can get some guys back. Maybe we can get some guys back and get a little bit more depth. Sweeping anybody is gonna be hard. Um, just because I think morale or I know morale's got to be down. And like I said, we just don't have as deep of a staff as we need to. And this is um, the easy part of our schedule. But series wins are possible, and um, this weekend I don't think we're going to have one, but there there are series wins we can have on our schedule. As of right now, I don't think we're going to make it into the postseason, but there is a path, and it's just it, it really just comes down to if our coaches can come in with a mentality of you know winning at all costs and managing the pitchers right, the lineup is going gonna, is gonna to struggle, but the talent is there. And if we can fit all the pieces together and, and have it all working at the same time, we're, we can beat SEC teams. So, like I said, don't think it's going to happen this weekend, but this team is full of surprises. And giving up 55 runs on a weekend was a surprise. Yeah, yeah. 
And hopefully they don't do that again. Well. Got anything else? No, not really. All right. Well, like I said, we're, we're not doing Instagram questions today just because uh, I had a feeling that everybody that would ask one would do, be talking about the coaching search. So hopefully, or not coaching search, but the coaching situation. And if there, if we have a need for a coaching search. So um, we will be back next week uh, to recap the South Carolina series, and hopefully we'll have good news to bring you. But until then, um, this is Going for Two with Jack Taylor. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be back next time. Uh, The after show's over. Yeah.